Chapter 17 of Frank Merriwell at Yale, or Freshman Against Freshman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Frank Merriwell at Yale, or Freshman Against Freshman, by Bertel Standish. Chapter 17. Talking it Over. Before night, nearly every student knew that Merriwell and Browning had fought a six-round hard-glove contest to a draw, and it was generally said that the decision was fair. Evan Hartwick seemed to be the only witness of the fight who was dissatisfied. Roland Ditson had not been invited to see it, but he expressed a belief that Browning would prove the better man in a fight to a finish. Several weeks slipped by. After the glove contest, Browning had very little to say about the freshman leader. Whenever he did say anything, it was exactly what he thought, and it was noted that he admitted Merriwell to be a comer. Evan Hartwick could not crush down his powerful dislike for Merriwell. He admitted to Bruce that he felt an almost irresistible desire to strike the cool freshman whenever they met. I wouldn't advise you to do it, my boy, lazily smiled Browning, who was growing fat again, now that he was no longer in training. He is a bad man to hit. Depends on what he is hit with, returned Hartwick, grimly. You made a fool of yourself when you failed to break his wrist after paying twenty-five toadskins to learn the trick. That would have made you the victor. And it would have made me feel like a contemptible sneak. I've been well satisfied with myself that I did not try the trick. It is a good thing to know, but it, but it should be used on no one but a ruffian. Surprising to me how soft you're getting. This Merriwell is dangerous in many directions, and his career would have been stopped short if you had broken his wrist. He has shown that he is a baseball pitcher, but no man can pitch with a broken wrist. He is one of the best freshman halfbacks ever seen at Yale, according to the general acknowledgment, and now he's pulling an oar and coaching the freshman crew at the same time, something never attempted before, something said to be impossible. Where would he be if you had broken his wrist? He could coach the freshman just the same, and the very fact that he can do all these things makes me well satisfied that I did not fix him so he couldn't. Wait, wait. What if the freshman beat us at Lake Saltonstall? What if they come out ahead of us? They won't. I know the fellows are saying they will not, but I tell you this, Merriwell is full of tricks, and there is no telling what he may do with the fresh crew. He is working them secretly, and our spies report that he seems to know his business. Well, if he makes them winners, he will deserve the credit he will receive, but he can't do it. No man can coach a crew and pull an oar at the same time. The very fact that he is attempting such a thing shows he isn't in the game. Don't be so sure. They say he has a substitute who takes his place in the boat sometimes, and that gives him a chance to see just how the crew is working. Rats! Who ever heard of such a thing? Merriwell is all right, but he doesn't know anything about rowing. He may think he knows, but he is fooling himself. Well, we'll have to wait and see about that. I really believe you are afraid of Merriwell. Why, ha, ha, you are the only one who has an idea the freshman will be in the race at all. I know it, but few have had any idea that the freshman could do any of the things that they have done. They have fooled us right along, and Oh, say, give me a cigarette and let's drop it. From the way you talk, I should say you would make a good sporting editor for a Sunday school paper. That's all right, muttered Hartwick sulkily as he tossed Bruce a package of Turkish cigarettes, 
wait and see if i am not right after this bruce went about telling all the sophomores what hartwick thought and urging them to jolly him whenever they could get a chance as a result evan was kept in hot water the most of the time but he persisted in claiming that the freshmen were bound to give them a surprise one evening a jolly party gathered in browning and hartwick's rooms cigarettes were passed around and soon the smoke was thick enough to cut with a knife how are the eggs down there where you're taking your meals now horner asked puss parker oh they are birds chirped little tad who was perched on the back of a chair with his cap on the side of his head this produced a general laugh and parker said speaking of birds makes me think that richest half wings i dropped seventy-five in that little game last night punch swallows groaned in a heart-rendering way that's nothing he said dolefully i lost a hundred and ten last week and i've been broke ever since wired home for money but the gov didn't respond after that game all i could think of was two pairs three of a kind bobtail flushes and so on i made a dead flunk at recitations for two days the evening after i lost my roll i was to attend a swell affair up on temple street i was in a rocky condition and i took something to brace me up for i knew there would be pretty girls there and i wouldn't have missed it for anything the memory of that horrible game was still with me and whenever my mind wandered i was thinking of jackpots and kindred things well i went to the party and there were plenty of queens there but i didn't seem to enjoy myself for some reason i fancied it possible that they might smell my breath and that worried me i thought i would go off by myself and so wandered into a little room where i imagined i would be alone but hanged if i didn't run into the hostess and a stack of ladies then with my mind confused i made a fool of myself er er excuse me i stammered what room is this this is the anti-room sir replied the hostess what's the limit says i as i fumbled in my pocket then i took a tumble to myself and chased out in a hurry i saw the girls staring after me as if they thought me crazy it was awful oh well you mustn't mind the loss of a few dollars said andy emery a man can make a fortune in this country picking up chips if he puts them on the right card put a little perfumery on that before you use it again emery grinned tad horner it's got whiskers i think swallow's all right but he reminds me of a man i knew once on a time i haven't seen swallows when he had over twenty-five at a time since he's been here and still he says he dropped a hundred and ten in one game how about this man you knew asked parker he was a great fellow to stretch the long bow and it became such a habit that he could not break it he seemed to prefer a falsehood to the truth even when the truth would have served him better well he died and was buried one day i visited the cemetery and gazed on his tombstone on the top of the stone was his name and on the bottom were these words i am not dead but sleeping now that man was lying in his grave for his habit parker flung a slipper at emory who dodged it the slipper struck tad horner and knocked him off the back of the chair that's all right said swallows nodding at emory who was laughing i'll square that the first chance i get do but when you get a roll remember there are others who are looking for you drop this persiflage and come down to business said browning winking at the others and nodding towards hartwick who did not seem to be taking any interest in what was going on let's talk about the races yes by jove drawled willis paulding who tried to be deucedly english in everything let's talk about the races dear boys 
that's what interests me don't you know hartwick squirmed he knew what was coming and still his disposition was such that he could not resist a jolly in case the jolliers expressed opinions that did not agree with his own browning enjoyed seeing the gang get hartwick on a string and he was ever ready to aid anything of the kind along by nature the king of sophomores was a practical joker he had put up more jobs than any man who ever entered yale that was what had given him his reputation i understand the freshmen are rapidly coming to the front observed hod chadwick with apparent seriousness is that right asked parker heard anything new why they say this merriwell has the genuine oxford system where'd he get it he has been abroad it is even reported that he studied at oxford he has watched the work of the oxford coach and he is working the freshman aid on the same lines that's right that's right nodded hartwick and the boys winked at each other how do you know it is right asked emory what do you know about merriwell i know he has been abroad and i have it straight that he spent considerable time at oxford that's nothing any lubber might watch the work at oxford but what would that amount to merriwell is no lubber as you fellows should know by this time we don't seem to know much of anything about him who are his parents what about them i hear his father was drowned in bed murmured tad horner by jove exclaimed willis paulding how could that happen there was a hole in the mattress and he fell through into the spring gravely assured tad willis nearly lost his breath that's all wrong said browning it's true merriwell is no lubber why should he be his father was a skipper wait a sea captain asked hartwick no a bank cashier he skipped to canada wow whooped tad horner how that hurt don't do it again you fellows have things twisted asserted parker with apparent seriousness i've private advices that merriwell's father is a poor dentist a poor dentist eh yes rather poor but he manages to pull out tad horner fell off the back of his chair and struck spalling on the floor what are you guess you wouldn't know it if you saw it grinned parker without a doubt without any fooling merriwell's father is dead said hod chadwick do you know this for a fact asked wallace yes it is said that he died on the field then he was a soldier no a baseball umpire this is a very dry crowd laughed browning i should say you would want to say something hinted chadwick it isn't in the house we'll go down to maury's after supper settles and it'll blow to fizz not this evening ale is good enough for this crowd oh i don't suppose we can kick at that but we were speaking about merriwell and the freshman crew how are we to escape death at their hands have another cigarette all around invited parker as he passed them that's too slow but i'll take a cigarette just the same hartwick got up and walked about in a corner showing nervousness they urged him to sit down and take things easy he felt like making a break and getting out but he knew they would roar with laughter if he did you fellows are a lot of chumps he exclaimed suddenly getting angry you treat this matter lightly now but you are likely to change your tune after the race the boys were well satisfied for they saw he was getting aroused oh i don't think as we treat it so very lightly said emory we've got to have our fun no matter what we may think but every one of you is of the opinion that we are going to have a cinch with the freshmen it does look easy have they been easy thus far oh that's different you will find this is different when it is all over now see here hartwick said parker you are the only soft who does not think we have a soft thing with the freshmen. What's the matter with you? 
why he wants to disagree with us that's all said browning why he wouldn't eat anything if he thought it would agree with him that's the kind of man he is hartwick looked disgusted keep it up keep it up he cried but you'll find out now see here man said parker once more are you stuck on merriwell hartwick showed still greater disgust his eyes flashing stuck on him he cried well not any you fellows ought to know that stuck on him that gives me pains well i couldn't see what ailed you unless you were it is because i am not stuck on him that i am so anxious to beat him as you fellows ought to be able to see oh that's it excuse me well now how is he going to make a lot of lubberly freshies beat us he's found some men who can pull oars all right and he's introduced a few innovations that will be surprises how do you know so much about it i have been investigating and i am not the only one well what are his innovations the oxford oar in the first place what is that two to four inches longer than our oar with a blade five and a half inches wide instead of seven inches for goodness sake what is the advantage of such an oar i'll tell you with a short course and high stroke no set of men are strong enough to use the old oar and go the distance without weakening you must admit that well with the narrow blades a longer oar can be used and the leverage increased that is plain enough the boys were silent for some moments here was a matter they had not considered and they were forced to confess that it was a point for discussion but that is not enough to enable the freshman to win even admitting the english war to be better which has not been proven said emory by jove i am rather inclined to believe the english oar is superior don't you know put in willis paulding that's not surprising in your case said emory that's not all merriwell has done declared hartwick what else has he done he has introduced the oxford style of catch finish and length of strokes which means a longer swing with more leg and body work well that will cook them cried tad horner if he has done that we'll make a show of those greenies what reason have you for thinking any of the sort every reason the regular yale stroke cannot be improved upon that is beyond question hartwick smiled wearily that's what i call conceit he said you don't know whether it can be improved upon or not there was an outburst of protest by the boys who believed as almost every yale man believes that yale methods are correct and cannot be improved upon hartwick was regarded as disloyal and all felt like giving it to him hot a longer body swing is certain to make a difficult recovery said browning that is plain enough not if the men are worked right and put in proper form declared hartwick i've been told that the english long stroke and recovery is very graceful and easy and that it does not wear on a man like the american stroke by jove i think that's right don't you know said paulden what you think doesn't count muttered tad horner with such a stroke and swing the men are bound to recover on their toes asserted browning oh rats said punch swallows what does that amount to anyway in a case like this we are talking of this tubload of freshmen as if they were the varsity crew what's the use it won't make any difference what kind of stroke they use they are mighty liable to use several different kinds and they won't be in it at all my children let's go down to maury's and oil up go ahead said hartwick grimly but you will think over what i have said after the race comes off the boys put on their caps and trooped out laughing and talking as they went
End of chapter 17